0: With Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, Hulu, Disney Plus, and the upcoming HBO Max, what we really needed was another streaming service. Yet, we are getting one. Quibi, which launches on Monday, is the the latest streaming service to vie for your money. But what the heck is it? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is our media expert, Joan Salzman. She's been covering Quibi since before it even had a name. So Joan, can you quickly break down what this service is?
1: Yeah, in this kind of unending parade of new streaming services. This one's a little bit like a lot of them, but in combination, it's not like any of them. So Quibi is a mobile only streaming video service. It's a paid service. You can't just tap into it for free. You have to pay either $5 to watch it with ads. I'm sorry, you have to pay, yeah, $5 to watch it with ads, $8 to watch it ad free. And it's designed to be short form video that you watch on the go, Um, throughout your daily life. So it's got really, 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 really high quality content, like very expensive content with gigantic big name stars involved with it. So in that way, it has some similarities to Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. But it is focusing on those short, so-called quick bites or quibbies, as the company has invented the term, which are a lot like YouTube. Now, the question is, there's a couple questions going on here. One is, are people going to want that you know, little flavor of Netflix with the little flavor of YouTube if they still have to pay for it? Also, we're in the middle of a pandemic. This is launching in the U.S. when so many people are trapped in their homes. How's an on-the-go video service going to play out when nobody's on the go?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. that for me is the biggest question right off the bat is if we're all locked down, uh, presumably watching... And streaming and binging on the biggest screens in our house, because that's what we naturally do. Where's the value when it, when it comes uh, when it comes to Quibi?
1: Right. So, well, Jeffrey Katzenberg, he said in some interviews, Jeffrey Katzenberg is the founder of Quibi. He is a Hollywood mogul. He ran Disney Animation for years. He he created DreamWorks with um, Spielberg and and Geffen. Anyways, he said that in even in this like lockdown scenario where people are confined to their homes, there are still points in your day when you just need a break, when you want to have just like a quick little bit of video to distract you. People definitely need more distraction now than ever before. But... The question that I have is, you know, when you're on the go, the biggest and best screen that you have is your phone. And so you don't have a impulse to say, oh, this looks great. Or, oh, I really love this. I want to be able to put it on my TV. But now with everybody stuck in their homes, if they're watching this really high production value pseudo movie with Sophie Turner in it or Liam Hemsworth in it or some other big star, and it looks great on their teeny tiny screen, they might say to themselves, I want to watch this on my TV, why won't you let me do that? They might get to that frustration more quicker because we're in this situation that we are right now.
0: Yeah, and this idea of going mobile first, and presumably it's it's uh, smartphones and tablets if it's like iOS and Android, but uh, that seems almost, yeah, it seems a little backwards, but like, is there like a middle ground? Will like PCs or laptops be able to to run Quibi or, or is it just phones and tablets?
1: So I've asked that question if they're gonna have at least like a mobile web version of it, a web version of it. I haven't gotten a response yet. I'm um, supposed to be getting a briefing of the app later this week before it launches on Monday. As far as goes, this is a very app-based service. They have an iOS app and an Android app. And the whole thing is designed around being able to use that rotational element of a phone. They have this turn style technology, which basically means if you're watching one of these Quibbies, one of these short form episodes, no matter how you turn your phone, the video never minimizes to a little segment of your screen. It always fills the entire screen of your phone while video is in playback. And so that's become so fundamental to the service that they don't want to put it on any screen that can't rotate or that, at least right now, they don't want to. Maybe they'll get to the point where people are, their consumers are saying, this is what I want. Give me what I want. Maybe they'll change. But, you know, do you remember that um, at CES, that Samsung TV that would rotate? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So so Quibi was at CES and I asked Meg Whitman, the CEO of Quibi. She's a longtime tech executive. She ran HP. She ran eBay for, for years. As the CEO of Quibi, I asked her, well, what about this TV that actually rotates? and, You know, acts a lot like a phone. Would you put quibi on a tv that could rotate like that and she kind of laughed and said well we she teased a little bit she's like well we do have very close relationships with samsung um and she said you know down the road maybe like if that's the way that tvs go if we get to tvs that rotate if we get to tvs that stretch that you can make into whatever shape you want then maybe they would explore it in that circumstances but the the crucial thing is that is that ability to rotate. They're really, really baked into that idea. I mean, they're making these shows entire, they're filming it with the basis. They're filming it and editing all these shows with the understanding that they have to be either, they have to be both landscape and portrait.
0: Yeah, the and the, the idea of short form, this whole thing puzzles me. Uh, when, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I knew nothing about Quibi, even the name, uh, just sort of this project by these high profile Hollywood Power Players, you know, I was, I was intrigued, but uh, a little confused as to how it fit into this landscape. Now that I know the detail, I think I'm even more confused because it seems to, uh, it it takes elements from different uh, streaming services, but kind of mixes them up in a way that's counterintuitive. You know, it's, it's got like the high production value of a, of a Netflix show, um, but it's got the kind of the short form uh content of of youtube or the short length of youtube right which which doesn't have the resources but it it mixes it together and it actually charges money so i have to ask is this how how how's anyone going to justify spending this especially when they're probably already subscribed to a number of other streaming services
1: yeah yeah i mean all the data that i've seen from various sources is that people they might subscribe to like three or four, like the power users subscribe to three three, three or four, maybe five services, but you really hit your limit there. And so the one way that Quibi's getting over that hurdle of, of, you know, convincing people to pay is that it's not asking people to pay for the first 90 days. They're setting, that's a pretty generous free trial period. Anyone that signs up for the service before April 20th, it it launches April 6th. So you've got a couple weeks in between the launch. And when that deadline for the trial runs out, you get three months of the service for free. And so that if you're using the um, ad free tier, that's about 25 bucks, 24 bucks that you save by getting to check it. But more, more importantly, it doesn't create that burden to entry. You don't have to say, oh, I'm gonna commit five to $8 up front, even though I don't know what at all I'm getting with this thing because it is so different from anything else anyone's really tried to launch before. So it's gonna be interesting from my vantage point to see WTF happens with Quibi when it launches because <laughs> no one's really tried it. No one's tried it on this scale by far um i mean like the people that are involved with this are the the list of stars that are involved is just bonkers but um yeah we'll see and removing that element of paying up front from the first three months is going to be a a big help big stepping stone to getting people to at least try it and then once they try it they can decide whether or not they like it
0: that's for sure credit to them for offering such a a generous review period because You know, I constantly mock the industry broadly for for not innovating enough, so I I do kind of give them some kudos for trying to do something different. This turnstile technology, uh, the way that the content has to fit both portrait and landscape mode, does sound interesting, uh, especially if they find new ways to utilize it. Well, yeah,
1: like there's one, in most instances that I've seen turnstile in demos, um, it mostly just means that the... Things are edited creatively and shot creatively so that you can watch things. Just it gives you a slightly different perspective, more of a close up in some instances. But there are there are shows. There's this one show called Nest, which I think is really interesting. What they're doing is they're shooting. It's, it's a thriller in which the characters, when you're looking at the um, when you're watching the show in landscape like you normally would like for a Netflix show. Um, You're just watching it and you're seeing the action play out. But when you rotate it to portrait, you get to see what's happening on the device of the character that you're watching. So, you know, they showed us a a clip of this show of, of Nest where there's a woman sitting on her couch and someone rings her Nest doorbell, I think is where the name of this show comes from. And so you can either watch her watching this footage of who's at her doorstep or you can switch to portrait and you can see what the Nest camera is capturing as this sort of threatening person starts banging on the door. Um, you can see what he's doing. So you have a choice of seeing where the action is taking place in this conceit. that's kind of cool. Like you turn your phone to be like a phone and you get to see what's on the phone of the storytelling. That I think is really interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll definitely be checking it out. Although um, yeah, like. Confession time, I actually don't watch TV on my big screen. I, only, I almost watch it exclusively on my phone in the dark because I don't want to wake up my kids. So um, so maybe Quibi's for me, although I don't know if I'm really willing to spend another, I don't know, X amount of money on yeah, another streaming service. You're
1: definitely an outlier. I'm the same way because I also have kids, and so I watch a lot of stuff on my phone. But if you look at Netflix, more than 70% of their viewership is on TVs. Almost the vast majority of people... When they wanna watch Netflix, they wanna watch it on the biggest, best screen that they have. The big difference is when you're watching Netflix, you're watching it for 23 minutes to you know, 90 minutes if you're watching an episode. If you're watching, if you're doing a binge session like I did with Tiger King, you're watching it for multiple hours. And so with that situation, you don't, the vast majority of people, they wanna be able to watch it on their TV. Because these are short clips, maybe it won't be as onerous to be watching them all on your phone, but we'll just have to see.
0: And do you know what the sort of the cadence of these episodes are? They going to come out all once, like Netflix, or like once a week, like Disney Plus. Like what, what? What's the schedule looking like for some of these shows?
1: That's a question I really want Quibi to answer, and I've asked it multiple times. So they won't tell me, but we do know that Daily Essentials obviously are daily. So those have um, some of them have daily drops. Some of them have two a day drops. Like they're, I believe NBC News and. I believe NBC News is doing two news, short news segments um, a day, one in the morning, one in the evening. Um, daily Essentials come out daily. They've said that there will be one, what they call movies in chapters episode dropping every day and five unscripted slash reality episodes dropping every day. But we don't know, especially since these are short form things, it, it, I can't imagine that a 10 minute episode of something and having to wait an entire another week to get it. I can't imagine that weekly drops will keep people interested because if you only have 10 minutes to get people in, what's going to keep them invested if you have to wait another seven days to get another 10 minutes. It just seems like it'll strain people's patience, but they haven't. So I don't know, maybe they'll release some things as binge. Maybe I, I really don't know. And I don't know what would be the best strategic release late release schedule for them to do but i don't think doing weekly drops is it but i don't know we'll just have to see
0: all right that's our show for today Uh, but before we leave i want to note that today march 31st is world backup day because the first rule of computing is still backup the second rule of computing backup some more you can catch jones explainer on cnet.com tomorrow we discuss t-mobile and sprint finally closing their merger with eli Blumenthal. So if you have any questions about that or today's topic, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713 and we'll include select messages on our next show. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.